Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Today we're going to talk about balance. This is a study that I believe helps bring your life to a new place. The challenge in life is being balanced. Can you find the right place to put the right emphasis at the right time? And I really believe if you get that right, you'll feel better. So buckle up with me as we take this journey and learn some keys in scripture that will bring more balance to your life, which will bring more blessings to your life. It will make you more blessable. Enjoy this study. I've been doing a series on balance, and in this series, I've been talking about how balance affects your life. I gave you um, what I call big thoughts. One of the problems with remembering any sermon or any message is sometimes you, you don't know what the big point is. So what I've tried to do is give you a big thought. This is the, the big thing I'm talking about. This is my big message. And I, I wanted you to think about how balanced your life is, and I wanted you to have tools to analyze that. Because if you're going to have a blessable life, and that's the premise of this sermon, if a person is going to be blessable, there are certain things that have to be in their life. I had a conversation uh, the other day, and the conversation really struck me, and I had several of these, uh, (laughs) but but this one struck me because I, I saw sincerity, but I saw an inability to consider another thought. There's, there are times, and I, I worry about that in myself. You know, Temple, don't, don't get locked in. Don't get so, so in, they call it enculturated, where you, you can't see beyond yourself. So what I want to do is I want to give you a review, a quick review, of, of the two big questions I dealt with in our last two sermons in this series. The first one is, how do you know if you are a live, living a blessable, balanced life? How, do you, how can you tell? If a person's living a blessable, balanced life. If I want to know, I first start with your fruit. I look, I look at what you do from a fruit standpoint. If I, can, if I can identify, if I can say, this, person's, uh, this person uh, has $5 in the bank. Now, that, that's after 50 years of working. Now, the question is, why do I only have $5? There's something about understanding the power of being clear about my results. Now, fruit are your results over time. Say that with me, please. Come on. Results over time. Now, now here's what you need to do. When you're getting ready to, to, um, to pick a husband, look at his results over time. Start there. Pick a wife, look at her results over time. Now, she may have a testimony, but never, ever, ever start with the testimony. Here's why. Because the tears come and the crying comes and the emotion comes and you forget the fruit. No, no, no. Let's start with the fruit and go backwards. Let's start, with the, what, let's start with where you really are, and then we'll talk about how you got here. But, but, but it's important to understand the fruit, the results, and then you get the testimony. Now, that's the first question. Second big question was, is this a bad tree? That was the, the real essence of it. Is it a bad tree? And I went on and talked about relationships and being closed-minded and all that, but the, the second big question is, is this a bad tree? You shall know a tree by its what? Fruit. The fruit. See, the, the tree, the fruit. Is this a bad tree? Now, it's hard to say, yeah, Pastor, this is, this is a bad tree. This is, this, is, this, is a, this is a tree issue. This is about the tree, 
the root, the way our family structure, our family tree creates this problem. Our family tree creates bad results because of the way we function. Some churches, it, it, it's hard to admit the way we do this, the way we function creates what we, what we experience. Third question for today, and this is the question for today. Who taught you to be balanced? Now, I want you to think about that for a second. I'm coming, I promise. I want you to think about this for a second. Who taught you to be balanced? Who taught you? Say it with me. Who taught you to be balanced? If you are a balanced person, I promise you, somebody set you down and somebody taught you. Somebody instructed you. Now, here's the question. Who taught you? Now, somebody said something to me yesterday that was so powerful because the first group I'm going to mention that's going to teach you is your, are your parents. But I would argue that sometimes people that teach you don't do well themselves. They have their own journey, their own challenges. So who taught you to be balanced? Who taught you how to manage or balance your daily life? Now, listen to these questions. Who taught you how to balance your work? Who taught you how to work? Who taught you how to evenly distribute everything in your life so that it's upright? And that is, by, by the way, the definition of what it means to be balanced. The balance is to have an even distribution of weight that allows someone or something to stay upright. So this iPad, you ready? This is now balanced because I'm holding on to it. Now, I want you to understand, who in your life taught you to be balanced when it comes to work? Who taught you? Who sat you down and said, this is how you work? Now, most of us figure it out. Most of us are left to figure things out. But who taught you to work? Who taught you to balance family? Who sat you down and said, this is how you manage your family. This is how you manage your, your family issues. Thirdly, who taught you how to manage studying? Students have troubles in school because a lot of times there's not enough study skills classes, in my opinion, where they learn how to read, how to study, how to take notes, how to do things. And they struggle because they don't know how to organize themselves. And so they're thrown into the world of education. They're thrown into the field, and they're, they're kind of learning as they go. Some students have help, support systems that help them. Fourth thing is, how do you balance your spiritual habits? Who taught you to balance those? And, and what's interesting is, spiritual habits are somehow, somehow, sometimes just picked up. For example, if you go to a prayer meeting, and uh, when I, I was unchurched. I, we didn't go to church much as a kid. And um, so I considered myself as being unchurched up until I was about 15. And when, we went to, when I, I went every now and once a year, two times a year, something like that, and, and maybe with a friend who asked me, but... I wasn't, a, we were God-fearing people. You know, we didn't use, I didn't, you know, I, I was very, very much uh, trained to fear God, be respectful, all the stuff, but we just didn't go to church. And so what's interesting is when I, when I became a Christian and I went to church and I was, they were teaching me spiritual habits, I learned a lot of it just by watching. So for example, uh, when I went to church and they were praying, uh, they prayed with a rhythm. And so I would listen to the prayer, and I would start mimicking the rhythm. Um, thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord. I give you praise. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And so I said, oh, Jesus. I did the same thing I heard them do. And that's, that, was, that was what I was told would make my life better if I developed that habit. I was told to read the Bible. So I would pick up the Bible and just start reading the Bible, and I would just turn. But the problem was I didn't understand what I was reading. So I needed somebody to help me. So I would end up reading in places I shouldn't read, like he begat and he begat and he begat and who begat and who badaba, who I couldn't even say the names. And so it was, it was an effort on my part 
But what's interesting is most of the time, for a lot of us, we struggle because we, we were not taught a balanced way to study the Bible, a balanced way to have spiritual habits. And so I, I think this is an incredible series of questions for you to think about. Who taught you how to manage your daily life, your work, your family, your studying, your spiritual habits? But then flip this page for a minute. Who taught you how to manage or balance your personal temptations? Now, I want to name some temptations that, that you, you don't have to comment on. Don't say nothing. It's not time to say amen. Just listen to me. Okay? These, are, these are really important. Romantic temptations. Now, think about it. Who set you down and said, this is how you, how you to be romantic? A lot of you watched it from television. So you just start doing stuff. You know, you, you just don't normally do stuff like that. You saw somebody on TV. You know, that, that's how you get a man. You, <laughs> and so you, you start wearing stuff and putting on stuff. A lot of the stuff you wear, you would never wear it, uh, but you saw somebody. Somebody gave you some idea that this was the way you do it. This is how you act romantic. A lot of our children, I, I never will forget this little documentary I watched, the kids that were sexually active in elementary school, and they asked them why were they. They said, well, it looked fun on TV. They, they, they said it looked fun. It looked like it was very exciting. These are third and fourth graders, and they were saying why they did it. And I think it's really amazing that we don't realize that we're teaching. Who taught you your romantic values? Who taught you those things? Where did you learn them? I want you to go back in your mind. And if you're really honest, you say, no, no one really sat me down and taught me. Very few people had a parent with that kind of courage who'd sit down and say, let me talk to you about the natural feelings you're having, about your, 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 your natural tendency. Let me talk to you and, and, and have a safe, honest, transparent relationship. So who taught you how to how to manage your economic temptations. Who taught you about money? A lot of us were not taught about money, not in a very open way. When you get money, you think it's your money. And so you, you didn't have the kind of input in your life. When you first got married, where someone set you down and said, let's talk about your money. Let's talk about who's going to manage the money. Let's talk about who's going to be more consistent. I've said this over and over again. If I can go back, I would, I would bring Diane more involved because she's just consistent. She's good. I mean, I'm good with my, I'm not bad. I'm not me. I'm not a bad dude now, but I'm just telling you, she's a, she's a weapon you need to use. She's a, she's a, a skilled czaroist who can save a dollar. She's just amazing. And there's something about including her in it. Now, here's, what, here's the mistake, guys, listen, here's the mistake you make. In order to provide, you know, you're providing, you, you're not using all your weapons. So you don't, you don't, she doesn't know where the bills are. She doesn't know how to pay anything. If something happened to you, she wouldn't know what to do. And you think you're protecting her. No, you're, you're putting her at risk. If something ever happened to you, she can't even find insurance policies. I've seen that more times than I want to say. And I, th I think you really gain something when you work together and you face your bills together, you face your problems together. Economic balance is something that's, that, that's not often taught. And I really think it's important for a person to understand the power of economic balance. And where did you learn that? That's the question. And then the third one, where, where did you learn how to manage your depression temptations? You know, you, you, those, those moments when you're depressed and frustrated, those moments when things are just pressing in on you. Where did you learn to manage that? A lot of times, we don't let people know. But where did you learn that? Where did you learn to man manage your anger temptations? You're mad about all kinds of stuff. Well, here's where I think you should have learned it. And this is important. You should have learned it in a number of, of their five places. I want you to think about where you should have learned it. Here's where balance should have been taught to you. It starts with your parents. Now, all parents don't always know 
how to teach balance because they themselves aren't always balanced. Very good point. A wise man was mentioned to me the other day. Parents, here's what the Bible said to you, Ephesians 6 and 4. You fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. I want you to pause there and think about that. Here's, here's, and I love this part of the conversation because it says to dad, and it starts with us, you can be a provoker. You can be a negative influence on your family. You can cause it to be out of balance. Very important. That's worth a whole sermon. Men have a profound impact. A profound impact. Every first uh, Sunday of the month, I meet with the men at 8 o'clock, and I spend an hour with them. And I'm planning on intensifying that in the, in the coming year because I really want to make sure we understand as men the powerful impact we have. Fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Fathers are the ones who do it. But bring them up. Here's your responsibility. Here's the training part of it. Here's the, here's the part that says what you're supposed to bring. Balance. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Your job is to train to educate. That's your job. Your job is to bring them up in the right way. And that's not, stop thinking about that as discipline, yelling, getting hard and loud. That's not what that's about. It's about modeling. To, to see it that way. I'm to create an environment. I'm to create a place of safety. Then he goes on, and it's not just fathers, mothers. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I love this. When I call to remembrance, Paul tells Timothy, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first, where? In your grandmother. I love that. Grandparency. Grandmother. Lois. And your mother, Eunice. And I persuaded, I'm persuaded it's, it's in you also. Um, it's there. You, you have the potential. So notice it starts at home. You've got to stop thinking that your job is to provide. No, your job is to guide. You've got to stop thinking that the main function you have as men is to somehow bring the bacon home. No, your job is to make sure the bacon's cooked right. Your job is to make sure that they, the thinking in their brain is right. Your job, you give up some overtime. Give up, I'm telling you, it's the best thing you can ever do. I have turned down opportunity. I've walked away from chances because I realized the biggest gift I give the world is, is sane children. The reason that we have crime is because we didn't get sane children out of that family. Something went wrong. Something went wrong. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I know you want to clap, but we all got crazy people in our family, so I can't clap. All of us know, all of us know that we all have missed it. We all have missed it. And I think it's important to back up for a minute and, and be honest. This, this is a parent issue. The parents in this culture are not parenting the way they should. We are making classic mistakes. We have locked out the wisdom of the older people. We've locked out and we, we're on our own. The greatest joy you ever had in your life, some of you, was to get out of your mama house, your daddy house, and that's because it was, it was a hell to live there. And it shouldn't have been hell to live there. See, what I'm saying, go back to the root of it all. The second person that should teach is leaders. Now, now, now here's what Ephesians 4 says. This is important because this, this talks to people like me. Now, this is the part of the verse that people love, Ephesians 4, 11. He, gave, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, I want you to pause because that's the part preachers like. That's the part we brag about. Yes, I'm called to be an apostle. Everybody's wondering, what am I called to? Well, I was a pastor, but now I'm called to be an apostle. You know, it's, it's this whole thing of power and authority. But I want you to listen to this. This is what he says. He gave some to be Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for, pause, for the equipping of the saints, 
for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, we don't understand that. Let me explain that first. We, don't, we normally miss that. Here's what, let me translate it for a second. He gave some to be principals and, and some to be teachers and some to be uh, counselors in schools for the educating of the students, for the purpose of being able to go out and serve in the world so they make the world a better place. That's what that would mean. So let me translate it again. He gave you me, he gave you leaders for the purpose of, of equipping you. It's all about mending your bone. That's what the word is in the Greek. The word equipping uh, is the kartartizo. It means to mend the bone. It is, it, is, it, is, it is your call, my calling, my job description is to educate you. I personally, just to be honest with you, struggle with the notes. You know, I struggle with sometimes my approach. I think I'm too teachy. I think I should just, I want to cut loose. You know what I'm saying? But then I'll end up with a bunch of people that don't think. And that's a problem because I, I, I minister to a lot of churches and they got congregations that don't think. Now, sometimes you think too much, but I think it's important that you learn to think. And that way we don't have a whole lot of fights and foolishness because we don't spend all our time ro- rolling in the sand around the choirs mad with the deacon and the deacon mad with the, this person. You, you understand? It, they're, they're, my job, if I get my job description right, is to educate you, is to make sure you're better than when you came. So my job is to make sure you're ready to go do the work of service, the work of the ministry. My job is to make sure you're edifying the world around you edifying the body of Christ. Everybody's growing. That's my job. If I don't help you do that, you should go home and never come back because I'm wasting your time. Say amen if you got it. That, that's my, my job. The third place you're supposed to, to, um, uh, to grow from, the third place where you learn is you learn from friends. You learn balance from friends. Here's what, I love this verse. Now you've heard it this way, Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. You've heard that that way, but here's how it says in, in the Message Bible. You use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend, I love this, one friend sharpens another. It's it's really important for you to pause and think. Do my friends bring balance to my life? You learn it from parents, you learn it from leaders, but you learn it from friends. Sometimes you're out of balance because your friends are out of balance. Here's another. The next person is yourself. You should be teaching yourself balance. Here's what he says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 13. Here's what he says, 1 Timothy 4, 13. Till I come, give attention to reading. This, this is your responsibility. Listen to this. Give attention to reading. Give attention, Timothy, to exhortations. In other words, let people encourage you to pursue the right path. Give attention to doctrine. The word means teaching. Do not neglect. Listen to how responsible he's calling Timothy to be for his own development. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Verse, 20, verse 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. I don't have time, but I'm going to tell you a quick story. I saw a vision that changed my life as a teenager. I was standing on a, on a, on a, on a diving board, and below me was this, this, this pool. And the Holy Spirit, it came to me so real. It said, the pool is me. Jump in and drown. The pool is me jumping drown. There's something about that moment in my thinking where I understood I must give myself totally to this. Meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them that, you may, that your progress may be evident to all. Verse 16, take heed to yourself. Pause, think about it. Take heed to yourself, not your neighbor, not your friend, not to yourself and to the doctrine. What's happening to you and to the teachings you've heard? Verse, verse he goes on, consider Continuing them, rather, for in doing this, I love this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That's your children. That's your grandchildren. It changes everything. Listen to me. 
You stop drinking, you'll change everything. If you would pause for a moment and consider changing your attitude, changing the way you respond to things. If you just said, I'm never going to curse again. I have no reason to curse. There are a lot of words in the vocabulary. I don't have to curse. I am going to change. I'm going to shock everybody. Everybody. Yourself. You're doing it to yourself. You're not totally committed to your life. You, 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 and I don't know why parents think. I never say, I do everything for my children. Huh, those people left me. I'm thinking about me. They, I mean, they're with me. You understand what I'm saying? But, but there's something because they'll get picky. What do you mean we left you? Okay, but, but, but so don't be, don't be sending me no messages, children. But I, I get the point that there's something valuable about yourself, making sure you're balanced. You're confused about your job? Go read about your job. You go confused about your life? Read about it. If you, I mean, I work on making sure I help me be balanced. Here's the last one, experiences. Man, they teach you balance that can later be used to empower others. I love this verse. It's in 2 Corinthians 1 and 4. In, in the King James, it says, comfort, you, others, uh, comfort others with the comfort that you've been comforted with. That's how it says in the King James. But listen to how it says it in the Message Bible. I love this. He comes alongside us when we, grow th- when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person, just as God was there for us. It's when a cancer survivor tells another cancer survivor. It's when a person who's going through on the front end is comforted by somebody who's already gone through on the back end. It's when a, when, a, when a senior parent walks up to a new parent and says, it's going to be okay. They won't be too forever, I promise. You just, you, you find the way to comfort. Those experiences, if you use them, they can help other people, but they can also help you. If you can go back in your mind and remember what you've gone through, you can encourage yourself. I do it all the time. Temple, have you ever been left? Temple, have you, have, 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 have you ever been defeated? You're still going, Temple. You overcame everything. I found as I closed this, these powerful tips for living a well-balanced life from Zorka Herford. She was um, an interesting, I just thought they were powerful. So I want to give her credit, but read four of them to you. First thing she said was take care of your, take care and nurture yourself. You cannot, you cannot accomplish anything if you are unhealthy. Take care of yourself. Number two. Know what your priorities are. Here's what he says. She says, balance doesn't mean do everything you can. Examine your values and decide what's important to you. Then set boundaries. Know what your priorities are. It it, it can be really difficult to say, it's not in my best interest to answer this phone for the next two hours. It's not in my best interest. Know, Know your priorities. There's some things I'm real clear about. Sleep, exercise. I'm real clear about those things. If I don't exercise, I hurt. I get that. There's something powerful about being clear about my priorities. What are my absolute priorities? Thirdly, she said, I love this, create an efficient mindset. Be organized. Listen to this now. Be organized and plan ahead. Take time at the beginning of each week to assess. You need to think for a minute about how to better structure your life. What days do you do things? What days do you 
put things in certain places. It's really hard for people who are scattered that you, you, you're not able to always attend to them when they want to be attended to. But you have to organize your life. Right now, I'm on a campaign. I, I, I really am. I'm on a campaign to make sure that my life is not scattered. Because especially in my job, in my life, I, 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 it would be horrible for my family, horrible for me. And then lastly, maintain a positive mental attitude. Listen, begin every day with the intention of making the best and most of it. It may, it may not always go as planned, but it can go. Here's the deal. When I get up in the morning, I face something that maybe you can relate to. I face something negative. You roll out of the bed, you look down at your, your toe, and it's the crooked one. And the first thing you say, that's an ugly toe. What you should do is switch feet and look at this one. This is your good foot. You go to the mirror and you look at your side. You say, oh, I'm gaining weight. Turn to the... There you go. That's the good side. You're going to have to learn how to deal with how you think. It works against you. And I am always... Uh, there's always something to do. There's always something, 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 something. Well, this is all about balance. I hope it's helped you find some balance in your life. I hope you find a way to put life in perspective and keep it that way. I call it a blessable balance. It helps you be prepared to receive God's best for your life. Sometimes he wants to bless you, but because your life is here and there, it's hard for you to ever receive all God wants for you. So thank you for listening today. I pray it brought you to a new place of balance and prayer. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.